Hello, welcome to the first vestibular SIG podcast. The topic for tonight is management of migraine-associated dizziness. In particular, how far is too far to push a patient with migraine-associated dizziness and associated questions about exercise prescription. Um, I'll have the members of the panel please introduce themselves. My name is Sue Whitney, and I'm a physical therapist on the faculty at the University of Pittsburgh, and I presently treat at the Centers for Rehab Services as part of the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. I treat people with balance and dizziness disorders. Kim, do you want to go next? Okay. Hi, I'm Kim Gottschall. I'm at San Diego Naval Medical Center, and I'm the vestibular therapist in charge of vestibular assessment rehabilitation. Primarily now I'm seeing mild traumatic brain injury patients that have vestibulopathy, and uh, many of which have migraine-associated dizziness. Hi, and I'm Janine Holmberg. I work in Salt Lake City at the Intermountain Heritage Balance Center, um, and I also am an associate professor at the University of Utah, and I work with um, outpatients, wide spectrum of dizziness patients from pure end organ to migraine to um, other neurological diseases. Okay, thank you guys all for participating. The first question is that we all know that a patient with migraine-associated dizziness will likely need both habituation and DOR adaptation exercises. Which one do you start with? Do you start with one at a time or do you do both at the same time? And if you do start with one, which one do you start with and why? Kim, do you want to take a stab at that first mm-hmm. and then uh, we can agree or disagree? Okay. At our center, um, what we found, most of our patients, when we test them, they do have VOR abnormalities if they have migraine-associated dizziness. So quite commonly, we will start with um, VOR exercises sitting and have them be able to do those exercises sitting for a minute before we have them uh, progress to a standing position and eventually to a walking position. If we find that we're inducing um, ocular migraines, we may back off and try some prophylactic um, exercises, possibly some mild habituation exercises to get them to compensate that part before we go on and push the VOR exercises. Um, Before they come to us, they have been... Um, introduced to uh, medication, migraine medication, and have been taking that at least three weeks. That's usually just prescribed by the neurologist or the ENT before we do start the exercise program. Kim, is that part of your protocol? It is as far as ENT goes because mm-hmm. we found that if the patients have so much migraine, uh, so many migraine attacks, and the migraines are going from like a grade two up to a grade seven, we're just not going to have strong compliance with the vestibular rehab program. So they do put them on uh, Tofamax or Verapamil, some medication prophylactically to try to get them to be more stable when we are doing the exercises and not have migraines be part of a, a problem during the exercise treatment session. And I had a question for you, Kim, too. Just um, what would tell you that the patients have, you said uh, sometimes people get ocular migraines. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what exactly um, you mean by that? We have um, certain patients that because it's been a blast injury, they may have more than just a vestibular 
uh, migraine-associated dizziness. They may also have a visual disturbance, um, different nuclei disturbed, and they will get an acute, sharp pain behind the mm -hmm. eye, and they will absolutely complain of a pain pressure behind the eye. So a little bit different than the rest of the migraine um, typical picture. Uh, those people, we will try and get them to habituate to tolerating motion before we start the VOR exercises. Mm -hmm. and, the pain is, and the pain is induced by the exercises? By motion, by motion. It's almost like motion sensitivity is one mm -hmm. of their hallmark complaints. So we will give them the MSQ and try and pick some of the lesser the, the motion sensitivity quotient test um, developed mm -hmm. by Faith Aikens. And we will um, give them and evaluate certain positions that may provoke motion, how long the dizziness lasts and how intense it is. We'll pick not the most severe of those to work on first, some of the lesser um, severe of those symptoms, and try and habituate them to being able to tolerate that motion. Once they're on the medicine. Mm -hmm. Once they're on mm -hmm. the medicine. And so I, can, I can add that if um, it's not successful just to put them on a prophylactic oral medication, sometimes the physicians will use targeted Botox or acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, you know, I would so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead, Janine. I was just going to say, I would so stress that um, if I'm ever going to pick VR adaptation and or habituation, the migraine has to be completely managed. And in fact, sometimes they have to wait a number of weeks or months before they can tolerate that. Um, I would I would have to say in my clinic, I probably prefer to start with habituation in almost all my migraineurs because I do not know how sensitive they are. And sometimes you can spike these people really high and severely um, if you blow, and you can blow them out of the water with VR adaptation exercise. So I always start with trial habituation routines, um, especially if there's any indication that the migraine has just only recently been stabilized, because I think there's um, some real problems with pushing these people too hard and too fast, and I think a lot of them have been to different um, vestibular therapists with dizziness complaints that are coming from the migraine, and they were pushed too hard and too fast, and um, and so I'm really, really careful with VR adaptation, and they kind of have to prove to me that they can survive habituation first in very small doses um, and that I stress to them a lot of my migraine patients, um, they actually need a lot of education as to just how to manage the migraine themselves just with conservative treatment because um, they're coming to me with, you know, this doctor put me on verafamil and I don't feel better, so why do I not feel better? Um, and so a lot of education, a lot of, and so I would say habituation and adaptation are probably three or four visits into what I'm doing with my migraine patients. But Right, because I, I usually start with these eye head movements at the beginning um, much either because I usually just make them sick. I had a patient uh, a while back, it was really sad, the patient came and said, oh, I tried to do everything the therapist told me, which was a huge amount of VOR adaptation exercises, and they said, all I did was get worse and worse, and I said, well, stop doing them. You're going to feel better. Let's think about some other things to start with. And, in fact, uh, one of the things I usually start with is not, I don't know about you guys, I don't usually start with the habituation or the VR adaptation exercises. I usually look at their balance because a lot of these people do have balance disorders. 
and I know yes. that I can win with that. So, because yeah. our patients, and I'm sure with you guys too, if you have a rotational chair, uh, the rotational chair results in these people, I bet in, in our lab probably 40% of them have a directional preponderance with the rotational chair testing. So their VOR system isn't working right. But if I do either habituation or VOR the first time I see them without good medical management or even with good medical management, I make them worse. I think the good... I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah the ma- medical management's important. Um, if they fail having good control of uh, the migraine prophylactically with the medicine, our physicians will change them to a different medicine. After three weeks, if they don't have the migraine under control, they change to a different medicine, and they'll go down the list until they find one that works for them so they don't leave them hanging with a medicine that's not working. I think do, you, do you guys very, have have one? I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thoughts. No, one of the problems that we have here is that we have neurologists who specializes in, uh, specialize in migraine, mm-hmm. and then we have the ENT or the neurologist who specializes in otology, mm-hmm. and they're all specialists. And it's I have a really difficult time trying to get these patients into good migraine doctors because there are so few neurologists who specialize in migraine. Mm-hmm. So true. It's a, it's a problem in our area as well, too. Yeah, I, I think we used to have more of that problem at Navy Medical, um, but then they bought, brought three neurotologists on board, and they have added other neurologists, and I think they have gotten together and discussed a treatment protocol that they agree upon. So even if the patient may be going to one clinic versus the other, they're all on the same um board as far as what what they've agreed to do first for the mild TBI war-wounded patients. They've gotten that. Um, they're trying to coordinate that care, and I think that has helped us a lot. You know, I think sometimes the role of a physical therapist in this field is being advocates for patients to go to get further medical care from someone who is really specialized, because mm-hmm. so many of them have experienced neurologists that maybe don't even believe that dizziness related to migraine exists and or they haven't been properly educated. And so I think one of our big roles in the treatment of these patients is getting them to the right place and advocating for the right, you know, the right role of the prophylactic medications and the stabilizing and and just exactly, you know, I spend so much time just educating on diet and conservative treatment Mm -hmm. um, because there is a lot that they can do to affect this, but so much of it's going to be hinged around the migraine being controlled. And so I think that would have to be my first emphasis. And then I agree with Sue. I, I, I go after their balance first because mm-hmm. that can be something that can be very uh, amenable and it doesn't seem to trim, you know, stimulate as much as the over, overstimulation of the cortex and things like that. So, yeah. There's a lot to be said for building trust with the patient and easier activities and then going from there um, to push the harder exercises, I think. Right, and I think the age group, um, you'll see a difference with age group as well. Our group is mainly 18 to 26-year-olds, so many who had did not have migraines before the injury rather than people that had them since childhood or people who are older and have other system complications in addition or maybe taking other medicines that may be complicating the effect of that migraine medicine. Yes. I think there's an, another problem, too, that we all have to be thinking about, and that's that's the atypical migraine or the 
they get the dizziness but not the headache. And I see a lot of physical therapists that miss that because it is so difficult, you know, because it is a a diagnosis of exclusion. But those people are often really mismanaged because nobody really sort of has sorted out that these people actually are having migraine. And those people desperately need medical management, but it's often the PT or uh, somebody else uh, who has to sort of sort that out with the medical system. I think you guys did a really good job of talking about the exercises and talking about